Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. But why did Jesus do this? Well, the book of Mark tells us this. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. What do we see? The heart of Jesus. Write this down, please. We touch people because we have the heart of Jesus. God help us to have the compassion of Jesus. What is the one thing that can mend relationships more than any other? A heart of compassion and love only found in Jesus. Today, Pastor Mark will show listeners how it was the heart of Jesus that changed lives, more so than any miracle he performed. Yes, crowds followed him for his great works, and yes, we remember his supernatural abilities. But the one characteristic that stood out above all else, even today, is his unfailing love. How have you shown the love of Christ in your everyday life? Nothing you do will matter if it isn't done with a heart of love and compassion. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he concludes part seven in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. God had one son without sin, Jesus. But he has no son without temptation. We've all sinned. We're all tempted. Jesus didn't sin, but he was tempted. You see, we all know the temptation to give in to sin and do the wrong thing. We've done that many times. But what about the temptation to ignore doing the right thing. That's what I want to talk about. Now, the next thing that's going to go on the screen, just look at me and say this. Don't copy. Just say, just say don't copy. I don't want you copying this. I'm not interested in you copying. You can't get it done. If you do, you miss the whole key. So I want to go through these at all of our campuses and ask you to put your mind in gear and ask yourself this question. By the way, if you see somebody copying, just say to them, sin of commission. Cut it out. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Temptation number one, my temptation to limit God and put him in a box of my making. God, you can't do this. There's, there's no way. By the way, some of you are sitting next to someone today who you believe would never come to Christ, a spouse, a friend. There they are, outside of your box, totally outside of your box that you thought God could do. See, be careful. Don't try to limit God in anything. How can you limit God? It's impossible to limit God. We're tempted. We look at this and go, that, that can't happen. No, that's wrong. Number two, the temptation to settle for less 
than God has planned for us. I think that's a huge one. That was the story I just gave you about the DVD at the end of our life, looking back and going, oh, you're, you're kidding. God has so much planned for us, each of us. He's gifted us. We're here for a reason. We want to use our time doing that, but we miss it because we've been afraid to step out or a million other reasons. But we've talked about that over the series. Number three, the temptation to live a saved life rather than a supernatural life. Pastor Mark, what do you mean by that? Here's what I mean by that. Here's what you hear from lots of people. You going to church? Yeah. How often do you go? Yeah, whenever I feel like it. Are you born again? Going to heaven? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did that 12 years ago. Any, any changes happen in your life? No, not really. It doesn't matter because I'm going to heaven. That's very common. Jesus talked about it. By the way, if that's you, you better be careful because there better be fruit in your life. There, there's no work that saves you. It's grace. But if you really save, there's going to be a change. So notice, a saved life rather than a supernatural life. A life of amazing things, expecting the unexpected, and watching God do things. Why do I say to you that that's not a huge problem in the church? It is. Here's why. One of the gifts God gave me is the gift of exhortation. You can't come to this church and feel comfortable here. Because God gave me this foot, even though I'm small, that loves to kick your behind. <laughs> Spiritually. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Says God. Now, if you're visiting today, this will probably be your last time here. <laughs> Have a nice life. Find a church where you can just sit and go, yes. We don't allow people to veg here. You know that thing that's in your refrigerator that grows crud? Because you haven't been in it forever. We don't allow that. We empty that out and get you stirred up. Amen? So we already showed you two things today. But many people, they'll look for a church where nobody will disturb them. Number four. Huge. Temptation to delay stepping out and really follow Jesus. Pastor Mike, I get it. I know I have a gift. I know God's going to use me. I have faith. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to expect the unexpected. But, but I have three kids as soon as they get older. I, I'm in college right now, and I got too much on my plate. I, I'm working, and I'm actually going to school at night. I got to get that master's degree because that's the next thing. Um, and, 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 uh, uh, Pastor Mark, when gas goes down, <laughs> then I'll step out. Here's what happens. Then never comes. If not now, when? Article in the Los Angeles Times, 1985. My brother-in-law opened the bottom drawer of my sister's bureau and lifted out a tissue-wrapped package. He discarded the tissue and handed me the the box that had a woman's slip in it. It was exquisite. Silk, handmade, trimmed with a cobweb of lace. The price tag was an astronomical figure. It was still attached. The husband said Jan brought this for the first time when we went to New York eight or nine years ago. She never wore it. She was saving it for a special occasion. Well, I guess this is the occasion. He took this slip from me put it on the bed, 
with the other clothes we were taking to the mortician. His hands lingered on the soft material for a moment as he had memories. Then he slammed the door shut and turned to me and said, don't ever save anything for a special occasion. Every day you are alive is a special occasion. She said, I remember those words through the funeral and the days that followed when I helped him and my niece attend to the sad chores that followed this unexpected death. I'm still thinking about those words, and they've actually changed my life, she says. I'm not saving anything. We use our good china now and our crystal for every special event, such as losing a pound. (laughs) And even getting the sink unstopped. Every day you are alive is a special occasion. You see, if we learn to live like that and obey God, we'll have very few regrets. Here's the first one I want to talk about today. What would Moses have missed if he refused to follow God? You remember one day, Moses had been in the wilderness for 40 years, a shepherd, because he had failed God. God came to him in a burning bush. It did not burn up, and God spoke to him. Through a whole series of circumstances, eventually Moses did follow God. What would he have missed? I began to write them down. He would have missed seeing the miracles of the plagues. He would have missed seeing the angel bringing grace and judgment on the night of the Passover. Moses would have missed experiencing the exodus of more than two million people, him the leader who left with the riches of Egypt. He would have missed holding up his staff, as you see, watching the Red Sea part, and the children of Israel escape once again on dry ground in front of Pharaoh. He would have missed receiving the two tablets in which God wrote with his finger, Ten Commandments. He would have missed seeing God provide manna, food for them, supernaturally, six days a week for 40 years. He would have missed on and on and on and on. He said, Pastor Mark, What does that have to do with me? Here's what it has to do with you. Take a look at this. You put your picture here. What are you missing by not following Jesus Christ? I can't tell you because I'm not God. Now, number one, if you're not a believer, you're missing everything. You have no life. You have no hope after this. But many of you are just, well, you're almost living the same life. But you need to understand, you're responsible for what God speaks to you. What are you doing with that life? And what does it look like? Could it be at the end of our lives we really look back and realize the the regrets, almost all the regrets of our life were regrets of inaction? With all those excuses. We didn't take advantage of the doors that God opened. We, we allowed a spouse or somebody else to speak into our lives. You can't do that. You're not gifting any of them. On and on and on we go. We didn't step out in faith. Because we didn't believe God could lead us. I want you to write this down. Surprise. We can do nothing wrong 
and yet not do the right thing. Now, I don't care if you're 18 in here or if you're 82. It doesn't matter. It's not too late to stop making regrets. It's not too late to start doing the right thing that God speaks to us. Now, I know some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, I'm not you, I'm not Moses, I'm not Esther, I'm not Joseph. No, I know that. You're you. But God has created and gifted each one of us. God sees great potential in you. He didn't make a bunch of junk. He made every person with great potential. And at some point, you have to start seeing yourself as God made you. And what he has for you. You have to see yourself as God made you. And then you can step out. Here's the danger of that. It isn't about you. Corinthians, 2 Corinthians says this. It's not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own, Paul says. Our qualification comes from God. See, life isn't about you. It's about the God who created you. Life isn't about you and your abilities. It's the God who has gifted you. We want to make God look good by us accomplishing in simple, everyday things what God wants. I'm talking about you getting out of your comfort zone, seeing how God created you, no regrets, and stepping out in faith wherever God has placed you, in Brevard County, Orange County, down to Vero County, wherever. See, that's the field where we're at. But you have gifts. You have abilities right here, right now. And we need to quit playing around with the gift that God's given us. With God, there's unlimited opportunities. Why? Because he's God. He opens up a million doors. Now, with me, there's very limited opportunities. That's the way you need to see yourself. It's never about you. It's never about me. It's always about God. Now, I've asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 8. Where did Jesus meet most people? How did Jesus, since he knew the priority was people, how in the world did he meet people? Well, we find that out in Matthew chapter 8, verse 1. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Please write this this morning. Jesus met most people on the road of life. You see, Jesus knew the importance of the marketplace at life, of life. He didn't meet most people in the synagogue. We don't meet most people in the church. We meet them on the road of life. Jesus then gave us a commission that reminds us of that. Go into all the world, preach the gospel, and make disciples. You see, we have to go. Well, look at that verse again. When he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Now, why the crowds? Well, if you go back to chapters Matthew 5 through 7, you're going to hear the greatest sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. And in that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke about every area of real life. So write this down. Why were the crowds there? Why lots of crowds? Why people? Because people want to know the truth. People want to know how to live life. In that Sermon on the Mount, Jesus just covered everything. Why are you here today? Because you want to know how to do life. And of course, we learn it 
from the Word of God. It's God's mind to us. So Jesus began speaking to these people how to get married, how to live life, how to raise children, how to work, how to be successful, how to forgive those who hurt us, how to have purpose and meaning, and of course, how to get to heaven. See, people are searching for truth. They want to know how to live. That's why the crowds. As you begin to think about this, well, let me read you. I got to read you one verse. Ecclesiastes. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. What does that mean? See, if you're waiting for the perfect opportunity, you'll never step out in faith. If we're waiting for just the right time and all the circumstances, you'll, they're never going to be perfect. You have to take a step of faith and trust God. So when God says go, what do you do? You just go. You just go. Well, Pastor Mark, I don't know what's going to happen. That's exciting. Amen. Expect the unexpected. And it's going to happen. You say, Pastor Mark, you think God really speaks to us like that? Get used to it. My sheep hear my voice. Is it about me? No. Matthew 8, verse 2. And a man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. I want you to notice something. He didn't say, Lord, if you're able. He said, Lord, if you're willing. I have to be honest, sometimes I don't have that much faith. Where did he learn that God was able to heal a leopard, a disease that was impossible to cure in those days. Where did he learn that? He heard of Jesus. He heard the word of God from people saying, I was healed, I was blind. He, heard. he didn't say to him, can you? He said, will you? Now notice, Jesus doesn't walk into a town and just go, shalom, how are you, and move right along. He moved in, and he began to Touch the people. You're going to see this in a moment. Well, look down at verse 3. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. Now, I want you to write this next statement down. You see, if I'm going to be like Jesus, I have to touch people on the road of life. Not just talk about them, but I have to physically touch them. Now, remember, this is a disease that's untouchable. You never touch a person like this. It was against the law. It would not be healthy in those days because it was a very infectious disease. But Jesus reached out and touched him. You see, when Jesus was here, he would stop, he would teach, he would touch, he would serve, he would deliver people. That's what we've been called to do. All of those areas we're gifted in because it's God working through us. So touching people. Now, look at verse 3 uh, again. Jesus reached out his hand, and he touched the man, and I love this. I am willing. He said, and be clean. And immediately he was cured of the leprosy. Now, remember, again, leprosy is basically an untouchable disease. These lepers were untouchable. You couldn't get around them. They were cast offs. And to touch them, even approach them, meant that you were unholy. Jesus should have never touched him, according to the law. Jewish custom, one had to keep six feet from a leper. And if the wind was blowing toward the person from a leper, you had to move 150 feet away. How would that make you feel? Somehow, this 
man reached Jesus with faith. And Jesus touched the untouchable. Why? Why? Out of all those people, by the way, it's the only one we see here that he touched. We can't meet every need. We can't take a plumpy dose to every person in the world. We're going to take it where God tells us to. But why did Jesus do this? Well, the book of Mark tells us this. Then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and touched him. What do we see? The heart of Jesus. Write this down, please. We touch people because we have the heart of Jesus. God help us to have the compassion of Jesus. Well, the Bible says something amazing. It says this. As he had this, Jesus had compassion because the people were sheep without a shepherd. They were lost. They needed protection and provision and love, and there was nobody to give it to them. Do you understand, outside the campuses that we're ministering to today, there's nobody with leprosy, but they're empty, lonely, guilty, and afraid of death. They're sheep without shepherds. That's why we're here. Notice, in spite of the large crowds, Jesus did something very important. Look at it. Write it down. Jesus focused on the individual. I have to learn to be led to focus on the individual he brings me to. That's all. We have to look at a crowd, and you have to look in your office. You got all these people at the office, all these people in your classroom, all these people in your neighborhood. God will bring individuals to you. We have to hear him. We have to have eyes for the individual. Well, the Bible says that after Jesus touched him, what happened to him? He was healed what? Instantaneously. Radically. Supernaturally. It reminds us that what? Nothing's impossible with God. Now, I, want, I wish I had a video of that. We don't. What was the leopard be like? Most of his digits would have been gone. His nose is probably gone. His ears are gone. All different parts of his body gone. There's nothing there. I mean, stubs. The disease has eaten it all away. Now, it says that when God touched him, he was instantaneously restored. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Why? Who could do that? Could surgery do that? Could medical people? No. God. You need to understand this. Leprosy in the Bible is a picture of sin. Helpless, deformed, nothing going right. But the minute you ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, the minute he touches you, your life's straight. You say, well, I'm going to wait to get straight, and then I'm coming to Jesus. You'll never do it. With God, there are unlimited opportunities. With me, there are very limited opportunities. Today, we learned from Pastor Mark about the potential each Christ follower has with God on the throne of their life and why he sets them apart. Having Jesus in your heart is having the most compassionate and loving person living through you. How does that not set you up for unlimited opportunities to impact others? Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
there's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. What is the difference between unlimited opportunities and a missed opportunity? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will give the answer to this question and explain why some fail to meet the potential God has for them. One of the worst things in life is regret. You don't want the fear of failure to set you up for a life of regret because you think you know better than God. Place your faith in Him today. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. in a hurry.